0: under the helmet
1: you do your thing all right don't be nervous okay
0: the show that looks at long-term player value in fantasy football
1: it's the moment right here we're gonna have to decide what, what type of team we want to be
0: building dynasties each and every week i don't even know your name what's your name chad parsons I'm telling you man you lead leading the league in hydration <laughs> I got a Dynasty team reaping rewards for the next decade. Find written and premium audio content at UTHdynasty.com. Playing it safe in Dynasty means you're going to lose.
1: Stop talking about it, man. Let's get this going right now.
0: Welcome down to the helmet. Look at some long-term play in fantasy football. I am Chad Parsons, joined by UTH subscriber and super fan Sid, and we're going to be talking about some dynasty topics. Also, close to home as a Minnesota resident. We'll talk about a little bit about the Vikings history, um, as well as again getting ready for the combine and a lot of things here in the off-season. So, Sid, welcome to the show. And uh, we actually have a little bit of a roadmap, uh, not always the case in every single UTH with a with a guest, um, but we have we have plenty to talk about in this jam packed show. First thing I wanted to ask um, is if you are creating your own dynasty owner profile for yourself, what do you think some of those the the top three tenants or or traits that you have could be flaws? It could be uh, overt positives, but what do you think would be ways that you would describe yourself to others?
1: Well, probably addicted to <laughs> Dynasty would probably be the, the first thing. Number one, that comes in my. Yeah, right. Well, when I tell normal people outside of our little, uh, you know, safe little space, how many? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How many leagues I'm in? I just I get that look. That yeah. just you know, does your wife know?
0: Since um, says four, and they're like, oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> so I hope she doesn't check this because I told her I'm in twelve and I'm in, like twice
0: that. Uh, uh anyway, 12, so, 12-ish.
1: 12-ish. 12-ish go, a answer. big yeah, yeah, Horseshoes and hand grenades. Um close enough. So I would I would say I'm pretty active. I like to think of myself as definitely one of the more active owners. I've made a i have made a – like kind of a tenant for myself that if I if somebody ever sends an offer to me, you know, if they take the time to send me an offer, Um, I like to try to counter if I can now, if it's crazy, if they're just fishing and if it's pretty obvious that they're just trying to, I don't know, send a trade that I would normally maybe send. Um, I, I don't, I don't like take it very serious, but I will always try to counter. So I think that goes with being active. I think that's one of the things that I wish more of my league mates took to heart is that this is just the starting point. When I send an offer, it's just, Hey, this is the starting point. Is there something here that we can work with versus I send an offer, someone just declines. And then in the comment section says something like, are you drunk? Or, Oh, I think you're missing a couple first round picks. (laughs) You know, I don't, that doesn't like, it doesn't really help me. That doesn't really further anything. So You know, I I I try to counter almost every offer that I get, just because I I want that, right? I mean, I I would want people to do that for me.
0: It's like uh, Michael Scott when he goes when when he's like, "We well, our first offer is." He was like, "I reject that. I reject (laughs) your first (laughs) offer. Tell me what your second offer is." (laughs) Like you immediately (laughs) go to that. No, no, but but I just thought of something while you were talking that I think would be pretty. uh, groundbreaking for for dynasty leagues where they have a trade bait but all you do is click on your players and picks that you want to put into trade bait i think it would also be helpful if you also did like a wit, like there was two columns so for your team you might you know highlight five or six of your players your first round pick whatever you know as players that are on your trade bait. But what if you almost had a secondary column in there that was your wish list and you selected players from other, you know, rosters and you're like, well, these are on my wish list to buy. And then you would actually have a little puzzle to put together that someone could see. Oh, Sid, you know, he he selected Devonte Adams and he's on my team. So I, I can see what is on his his trade bait, but I can also see he's interested in this specific player. And that might save some of these offers that are sent as conversation starters are just saying, I'm interested in this. Are you interested in that? Where a lot of times we dance around what we're just guessing, you know, I, I looked at your roster; you might be interested in this, but you might not. And it's just, I, I feel like it's very tough starting that dynasty trade conversation. And I think that that's what eludes a lot of people.
1: Yeah. I th- Honestly, I think ESPN has something like that. And I only know that because I don't know, three of my read, three of my redraft leagues are ESPN plus I have three dynasty leagues on ESPN. Can't stand the ESPN platform, quite frankly, when you're doing dynasty um, only because whenever I'm trying to, you know, send a pick with, sorry, to send a trade with picks, I have to text message the person, Hey, that's going to include. Oh no. Who? Oh, it's terrible. But Why, it's, they're and, home and wh- leagues.
0: so there's nothing on ESPN that you can include a pick. It doesn't. Uh-huh. So, so, does ESPN say that they have dynasty leagues or is it basically like a quote unquote keeper league? And it just like, you have to copy it over almost manually year to year.
1: That's it. They call it a keeper league. Oh no. You select your keepers. Get this. Actually, this was bad. Uh, Yesterday. In fact, literally yesterday I deleted my league by accident. I thought I had, I thought I had, yeah, 2022 is gone. Dude. I thought I had screenshots of every roster. So it's going to do them. that and,
0: re- and recreate the league.
1: Yep. That's oh, it. Well, I thought I did Why that would someone
0: choose can... ESPN if you had to do that? That's mind blowing.
1: Well, in my experience, again, it's a home league. So it's tough yeah. enough getting 12 people that I know. There's got to that... be a better
0: platform though for that. to not have to have uh, copy it over.
1: What, NFL. <laughs> I I I play almost exclusively my other leagues on NFL for that reason, but yeah. You know, anyway, I'm not to not to harp on ESPN or really give yeah, them much of a plug, but they actually have, and I only know this because I saw that somebody was interested in a player of mine. It's not sent in an email. It's not, hey, it's notified or anything. Yeah, man, it's just there. It's like, oh, they're interested in Traylon Burke. It's like, where was this? They have a little last, flag. You know? They have
0: a little flag yeah. next to the player name. You're like, oh, that's interesting. I
1: yeah, think I have it's, seen it's that the- before,
0: where it's like on your roster, right? And you kind of, it, it's like you hover over something or something, but it's like. And multiple teams could be listed there or something. It's, it's, but it's super obscure, man. They don't trumpet, yeah. They don't trumpet it at all as something to use. Yeah. I will. Can I say, I have so many negatives, but one positive in my experience, ESPN is by far the best live auction platform I've seen and used. So never I never done live auction. So, but, well, anyway, but if you are using live auction, and I've done it a, a ton for redraft, I actually did one. I think I mentioned it on a show last year because we did a hybrid startup where I think we did the top. We did like five rounds of nominations, so sixty players. We did live auction, and then we did a slow auction for the rest. And it was yeah, I'll, I'll that would it was, be cool. it was badass. We did one that night cool. those sixty players. It ended up being like three hours, but we got the feel for live auction with our startup. And it sped up because we finished the rest of it in like a week uh, with the slow auction, the the type that generally Dynasty is familiar with doing the whole thing. But the live was just awesome. But honestly, oh, who can cool. spend six hours, you know, doing a live auction? Good luck getting everybody on the same page for the same night or day or whatever. Good luck. And right. so it was, it was like, hey, one night commitment. We're not going to be up till three in the morning, and you know, we get our fill. And you then you get to reassess, and it was like 24 hours later, we just started the slow clock on the auction. So I love that hybrid approach for anyone that is going to do an auction build. Um, and, and so you said you said your three uh for the bullet points. My top three, uh, and how I would describe myself would be number three is I, I reverse engineer like a lot of the problem solving stuff. Like you hear me all the time talk about, well, like, you know, if you're gonna fix a position like how feasible is it to fix it on waiver wire? How feasible is it to fix it in your rookie draft? How feasible from the, from trading, you know, or should you fix it in a startup draft? Like doing that reverse engineering uh, of problems, uh, I think is, is one key. Number two, adaptive learner. Like I, you know, I, I constantly say five years ago, I was a complete dumb, dumb, you know, with, with dynasty. And I think that's kind of how you should shoot to, to continue progressing is, you know, you should say I made a ton of stupid mistakes last year, and I'm not going to make those anymore. Uh, And then number one is very pragmatic. Like a lot of people are more impulsive than I am. And that can be a positive trait. But I am far more of the just, you know, massage my thoughts on like a certain dynasty pick in a lot of occasions, if that's a startup draft, or "Eh, should I bid a few more dollars in an auction? And like, you know, if there's a trade that you know, we talk all all about those dynasty trading strategy shows and stuff of just, you know, if you don't love a deal, you just like a deal, keep massaging it, keep, keep grinding on it to make it a little bit better. Uh, or maybe just walking away is the best decision, but being very pragmatic and not like, ah, super reactionary. I got to make this trade. It's week 11. I need my lineup at this, you know, this Sunday. So um, I think, again, that has some pros, but I also think it gets people into trouble.
1: Well, and I think that what you said there, as far as like the progression that, you know, you do, and and I like to think I do as, as dynasty owners, I'm always trying to get better. I mean, every single, every single day, every single week in the off season, I'm trying to get better. And, and I think that like the natural progression of my develop, my, my fantasy football went from redraft to man. I really like redraft. I really wish it didn't end, you know, after three, four months. then okay there's something else out there dynasty okay well now you know that and it just kind of snowballed it's just almost like it's it's taken a life of itself where you just gain this momentum and for me it's you know I I take these things like you just said I do I did I didn't do that well that that was a mistake I didn't do that okay I'm for me like I'm not very good at drafting wide receivers I found so I like to trade for them you know rookie yeah man like like rookie uh, running backs pretty good at that but but wide receivers trade right. for them. So it's kind of, yeah, perfecting the craft.
0: Well, and, and so what what you just outlined, just knowing that very sparse bit of information that, hey, drafting wide receiver, of uh, uh, filling those gaps is probably not going to be the greatest idea for me. And then you say, well, pretty good at drafting running back. Well, then what, how, that also outlines the scenario of if I'm wide at wide receiver, what if I were to trade a running back that I drafted for a wide receiver? So you start, you start filling in the gaps with what the action planning would be. And then you start to, you know, as David Dodds at football guys used to say, you start eliminating the suck, like you trading, you know, say, or, or saying, I'm going to draft a bunch of wide receivers in my rookie draft, or I'm going to trade uh, you know, key, key capital for up and coming possible wide receivers. That's going to be the worst case scenario for you. And so if you say, well, let me eliminate that by doing more of what will actually be successful. Um, again, I, I think that eliminates a lot of bad trades, suboptimal trades and ones that, that end up, you look back 24 months, and it's like, I rubbed that dynasty trade on my face. Like, what am I doing? Like, that's just, that's horrible. My team was great and now it's just good. And I think that's, you know, something that can, that can derail teams pretty quickly. Um, I did want to ask you, you know, instead of plugging, you know, here's the three articles I wrote this past week and here's the podcast. What is something over at UTH dynasty that, comes out in the off season could be a type of content. It could just be, you know, a a certain global, uh, type of show for, for the podcast or, or written content or, or something specific that you think, you know, is in your top two or three that helps you, uh, in terms of this long drawn out seven, eight months we have between setting lineups.
1: Oh, the rookie board, man. Okay. The, as soon I'm telling you, man, as soon as you throw your rookie board out, even though it's the 1.0, even though it's like, yeah. hey, this is not final. This is just kind of get my thoughts up. T- it's like Christmas. Like I love that rookie board. It gives okay. me, it gives me so much more of a roadmap because I'm already, I'm already scouting rookies, right? I mean, I, I play a few Debbie leagues, so i you know, i I, familiar. I have,
0: You're familiar, yeah, plus more so than a lot of people that are getting incorporated with rookies. You've already been, you know, you're familiar with them from a couple of years ago.
1: Exactly. Yes. Totally. And so for me, it's like, okay. Well, now I have. These are the these are the names that I got. You know, where's Chad think they are? And and you know, I it it like I said, it just gives me something more tangible, more to go off of. Like, okay, well, what about this guy? Okay, wow, Chad's got him really high, or Chad's got him really low. Um, you know, who's Mingo? Jonathan Mingo is one. It's like, all right, sure. like I I like that kid. He's got good traits. Where you know where where is this? Where is he ranked? And then I'll kind of cross reference that with. Um, like DLF has a pretty, you know, a hundred, I think they got like a hundred, um, Debbie or, or, you know, rookies. The top
0: a hundred. Yeah.
1: yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. And and I like that. I mean, it, and, and, you know, I just, I like to see where the competition is because there's not a lot of Debbie content, there, right. And there's not mm-hmm. a lot of incoming rookie content until like now-ish. Now people are kind of catching up. Oh gosh, look at that film. Oh gosh, this guy, you know, that's the name. Which is fine, which is cool. Uh, me, I I'd, I'd rather know more going into it. So it easily, without a doubt, man, it's that rookie board when it comes out.
0: Yeah, and I'm always coming up with with more transparent ways. Um, you know, in terms of having, is there a way to have one board but it says a lot? And and that's one thing for the dynasty rankings this off season that you know adding things like you know career year read, I, I added a lot to the wide receiver board specifically um, that. And, and it was a tough decision to take away descriptions and add columns of basically data. Um, but that rookie big board, one thing that I, I chose to do and I would be interested in your reaction is to have a smaller board, you know, that right now it's like mid forties in size. And I think it's easy to just go over, over zealous with, Oh, I'm going to have hundred players. I'm going to have 90 players. Well, you really don't need that many in almost any context, like even a depleted rookie Debbie combo where, you know, I still got to draft. You know, a, a few depleted rookies that slip through the cracks. If it's super diabolically deep, may and it's and it's a rookie only portion that's depleted. Maybe you go towards the end of that list. Maybe, but um, I like I know for me as the analyst, it's been a lot more helpful. Of like the rollout here in February was it was a slower than I've ever done. B It was only 40 something players. And I'm sure by the NFL draft, it's going to be up in the, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, maybe, you know, as we get there. But um, I, I think, you know, spending more time at the top and then as you get to, you know, third, fourth, fifth round, let's say of what you'd be drafting, I think, you know, you need a shorter list. It's basically like, give me a guy you know cuz my typical question i get from somebody you know if they're drafting or in those deeper environments is like you know give me a few guys and i might name three or four and only one or two are actually available so you don't know, really don't need that many when you go deep and frankly like does someone really care who wide, wide receiver 27 versus wide receiver 31 is on your board not really you know they're all 5% plays so who really cares
1: yeah no i i like it i think boiling it down um is is the I think it was a good approach. You know, I feel like less is more. Kind of a you know right. addition by subtraction, if you will, and and again, I mean, what you got? Most most rookie drafts are you know three rounds, so thirty six players. I right. don't think you don't need to go sixty. No. Um, and quite frankly, I mean, a lot of it's a dart throw. After you get to what you know right. mid second, you know what right. I mean? Like you get people. Gosh, I need a quarterback. Gosh, I need a running back. Right. Oh, I it's, more about wide it's more about profiling.
0: It's more about profiling of like, did someone fall? You know, did someone fall and, you know, and now it's in the environment of where, Hey, if someone slipped a three Oh one and now they're just dive bombing, Hey, well you trade three Oh eight and three hundred ten for that pick. And you just, you lock it up. You go two for one because you're getting a superior profile and you're consolidating that roster spot as well from two dart throws to one that's a little better of a dart throw or, or someone that frankly should have been gone by two Oh eight. Right. Um, yeah. The other thing I, um, I would say uh, about the big board is, that the the power like every year it's in April and I call out that hey if you got a draft going on you know Saturday Sunday uh, of that NFL draft weekend that I need I need you I need your help and every year I always have this this feeling of well what if no one has drafts going on like I I yeah. always have that weird feeling of like I don't know what's going to happen because you know I, I'm doing all the data cave stuff on Saturday it's Sunday and it's like if I have like having that market of even if it's like 10 drafts of like Superflex or 10 drafts of one quarterback, or whatever, that's plenty of data points that I start filling it in. And I'm tracking those drafts like every hour, I'm refreshing to see if there's new picks and I'm putting that in. But even having that sparse amount of information where you think that's not enough, but I get there's so many people that are starting like early that next week where just having that big board versus the market and all of a sudden like it goes from. I don't know what the markets, you know, like, is this guy, a you know, a target or a void? I, I really don't know, you know, Sunday morning at 7am when I'm, you know, halfway through my basically 48 hours straight of work uh, to put all that and finalize that. But it's amazing that by lunchtime or by 3pm, 5pm, where you start getting data points, especially the first round or two, and you're like, oh, here's glaring target and avoid players, you know, after setting up that part of the big board and then you just see what the market's doing you're like oh well that's just that's so clear it's like 2010 vision as opposed to you know friday people are just talking out the side of their butt you know about like oh this guy's 101 and it's like but until you see the drafts you really don't have a sense of well you know i haven't met five and this guy hasn't met you know the market he's going to 10 you know clear-cut target player there um it's always have like you a ever had feeling.
1: that have you ever had that happen where nobody's doing drafts that time
0: no but I'm saying like every every year, I always have that feeling because here's the thing. I call it out like in April and it's like, come on, you know if your draft is then or not. And I usually get maybe one person or two people sending a link, but I get a lot of people like the Friday of the NFL draft or the Saturday where they're like, hey, my draft just started. And then they send me send it over to me, but I didn't have it in advance. You know, Like it's kind of like, a gotcha. comforting feeling, right? Like you don't know you're going to make, like if you have a quota or, you know, you just, you would love to get off to a fast start, right? But if you get off to a slow start, it doesn't mean you're not going to meet your goal. It just means you're going to have a little more, a little more of a sweat in terms of yeah. there because no one declared it. It's like, you know, oh man, I need to save up for this uh video game. Well, you didn't get an advance on your allowance, so you're not really sure. <laughs> you know, you didn't get that. You want that up.
1: RSVP. That's
0: yeah, like doing. you just like to yeah. know everyone's coming. But if you just yeah. say you hey, party to- at my party at my house on <laughs> Friday night, but then right. you know it becomes 6 30 for the seven o'clock party and someone came but you wanted to get 50 people you still don't have any idea so it's just okay all right i did want to ask you um are, i mean are, before we get into the minnesota vikings a little bit you are uh, i'm guessing you track minnesota the college football team right
1: uh no not really no. actually okay
0: i'm gonna scrap that then that's it <laughs> Throwing it out Drank it a lot I, of the you but I, no, I, no, I will I will say, I will say the the one thing I remember though, and, and if you played Devi, you obviously would know this as well, is that the whole you know Tyler Johnson was pretty productive, you know, and a, a phenom there controlling that passing game. And then like a rocket ship Rashad Bateman just, just said, go sit over there. Like yeah, as, the and yeah. then, yeah, and then Tyler Johnson faded to like round five or something in the NFL draft, which was kind of surprising when it was occurring. Because it was like, oh, this is a guy that could be a you know top seventy pick, top fifty pick, right. and he faded. Bateman ends up going round one, and now I think with Bateman, we sit in an interesting spot. Of I think, I think Baltimore's going to draft somebody. I think Baltimore's going to add notably to the position. What, what's kind of your thought? What do you remember from Tyler Johnson, and then uh, obviously Rashad Bateman coming in round one, but now you know not the best career start so far for him.
1: So I remember Tyler Johnson. Uh, I think I had just gotten into Debbie. In fact, I think my first Debbie draft that I did, or maybe this, maybe the second, I, I commissioned this Debbie League. And it was actually modeled after the one that I think you and Jordan did that deep, deep Debbie start to tight end. It was fun. Oh, yeah. And and I yeah, man, and I just randomly picked Bateman. Uh, because I'm like, oh god, and and also Traylon Burks, as a matter of fact. Right. Um And But it was like, oh, I I knew the name, right, only through passing and and being in Minnesota. Uh, But I picked Bateman up um, on the cheap, on the cheap, cheap. So I I remember he had a little bit of name cachet. But, again, I mean, Minnesota is such a small market that, you know, we don't have a lot of superstars coming out of here. So I don't think we gave it much thought. And Tyler Johnson, I don't know what happened with that kid. I mean, he must have some character issues or something because – uh, he was, I mean, he was a star. I remember in high school hearing that yeah. kid's name. Yeah. And, and he would not, uh, yeah, I don't know what happened. there. That was, that was wild. That was, it was a bummer to see. Cause I mean, he was very, very talented.
0: Um, what I, the first, uh, again, in my, in my, uh, trajectory here of, you know, kind of covering dynasty and, and thinking about it on the, the micro, like trying to co- co- cover all the D one programs and all that. I remember Eric Decker, like Eric Decker <laughs> coming into the NFL. He's around three pick, but just like, A big guy, big sticky hands. He ended up producing relatively early, you know, and then getting paired that perfect storm. I believe it was Peyton Manning, you know, like that heyday of those Denver offenses. But Eric Decker being that, man, you know, he's coming, he's not super athletic, coming from the mid rounds and having a real good run in the NFL. But he was the first notable guy that I remembered coming from Minnesota, at least skill position wise.
1: I forgot about Decker. Well, we had Lawrence Moroney as well. Yeah, first rounder before that. uh, Yep. Played him in high school. Was he a, no. Was he a first rounder?
0: Yeah, he was late first to the he was New England. A tank. Yeah, like twenty seven something like that. Yeah, didn't turn out that well. <laughs> every every of no, their and Barbara, mother was I'm going sorry. the first round for running backs and and Maroney I'm thinking
1: Marion Barber.
0: Oh, Marion Barber and was so. way before that. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Played against him in high school. That kid was a tank. Wait, he was you good. played against him in high school? I did. Yeah. How did that go? <laughs> uh, we they. Beat us pretty badly in the regular season, then we beat them in the semis to play in the state championship with yeah. <laughs> Joe Mauer, my quarterback.
0: Joe Mauer bench. Joe Mauer, the catcher, was he like a yeah. four four he was our quarterback? He no, was, he was quarterback, the man.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. he was our quarterback. He was our catcher. He played basketball. I mean, he was he was one. He was amazing. He was fun. He he's the he's one of those guys that like made everybody on the team better. You yeah. know, like he he was cool anyway. Not to. Jack Maurer, super nice guy. Love him and his wife, Maddie. Super nice people. Um, and,
0: um, if memory serves, because I, I kind of got out of the fantasy baseball game, but I remember Maurer being the type that I don't know if it continued this way after I stopped playing, but he was the type that just could never string together enough durability. Like he was just his knees. So yeah. funny like was, he funny was he was hurt a lot. He missed plenty of so games, but hyper talented.
1: Yeah, get this. So so he in in that that game that we went to the championship the after we beat Marion Barber, he went to Y we went to Wyzetta, we went to, we to Creighton durham Hall. And like he uh like the first series of the game, Maurer uh I think he tore his ACL. Oh yeah. and yeah, yeah, they blew through the line. I think we were playing Eden Prairie and they I don't know why I'm name dropping like that. Who cares? And so they blew through the line and and he and his knee was messed up the whole game. And, and now that you mentioned I mean that was probably the start of you know his knee problems for the rest of his career. And
0: catcher didn't well, help. Did, didn't he transition yeah, to mean, DH or first or something at some point? I think his, he moved to first. I, yeah.
1: I think it was. I mean, he was. Yeah, he was always a great hitter. I mean, like he's still Pazzo, had. Yeah. yeah, like he had a really great hitter. I, I heard he even like led
0: the, He might even led the AL in in uh, batting average one year back when guys yeah. actually hit 300. <laughs> he was like yeah, 330 probably. Something. So w- let me ask you this: Him in high school, was it like? Obvious that he was going to advance and progress in baseball more than football. I mean no. you just kinda of said he was good at everything.
1: Yeah, he was. I mean, so and, and you knew about him. I mean we played against him in Little League and you knew who right. he was. Well when he was fifteen,
0: in. he might have seventeen or whatever. He might have got drafted in baseball already. I don't know when you know well, they, they drafted they, early, but
1: well yeah, I think they signed the rights to him if I'm not mistaken, Now this is locker room lore. I never asked the guy. Right. Um but I think he had a full ride scholarship to FSU from as like a freshman. He won like Gatorade Player of the Year, and so I yeah. think he had his choice to go either baseball or football. Okay, um, yeah, and, I don't, and obviously he went to baseball, but he could have gone either either one. Like he was he was just he was good. Like he was wow. really really good. Super nice dude. I was yeah. I got I got I got nothing but love for for Joe. He was he's an awesome guy.
0: What position did you play in high school? Uh, linebacker. Oh wow. So you actually met Marion Barber in the hole.
1: So, I was a uh junior when we went to state and I was I wasn't a starter. I didn't I wasn't a starter on the varsity. Oh, I okay. stopped growing, man, after like 8th grade. I was a beast in like in grade school the and then I stuff, stopped yeah. growing. Yeah, and then I stopped, you know, practicing or getting any better at my craft. And I got into some drugs and alcohol so I'm mean, going to Your
0: craft. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> your craft, yeah, yeah. peewee football. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. it was dominant. Yeah, no, it was fun. And like um
0: So oh, so you didn't you didn't get to start you like you didn't get a ton nah. of playing time in, in high school nah. per se. Okay.
1: No, and then I got kicked out my senior year. So before I, I even mean, I got kicked out like during the season, I think oh, or wow. right before. Yeah. It was awesome. and
0: was, was so, football your only sport?
1: No, nah, football, baseball. I actually did wrestling one year because I got caught drinking, and then in order to uh, <laughs> not sit out for a month, you had to. So, like, if you get caught drinking in the off season, you would have to sit out a month for the first the first month. Well, so I joined wrestling, so I sat out for a month of wrestling to not sit out for baseball. <laughs> what? <laughs> so I, you, so you can,
0: wait, wait a second. So you, it was just the next sport you were going to play. You had to sit out a month.
1: Yeah, correct.
0: So you joined so wrestling. Joined did you actually? So wrestling. you joined well did you have to do the lead up to the season and then miss a month
1: so i mean i I, that's wild with wrestling yeah Yeah.
0: okay so you actually had to join the team and do wrestling type things you couldn't just miss the first month and not not really do anything
1: yeah man like i was yeah i I wrestled i was a wrestler
0: (laughs) okay and only because you wanted to serve your (laughs) suspension yeah Yeah. look at you circumventing the system (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I do want to I do want to mention for folks that uh I do have a, a recent uh deep dive into Rashad Bateman. Uh so we we talked about him, but uh, that's up at UThdynasty.com and uh finishing out the the series on, on dynasty trading, uh how to balance your roster. And and Sid and I already talked about that in terms of knowing your strengths and weaknesses, but also a lot of times blending the gap of how you're going to manage a weakness. Uh, You could, again, say, I'm better at trading for something versus drafting another. And that can be a way, again, to always blend your strengths and weaknesses together uh, as a dynasty owner. And of course, I have something on George Pickens up at the site over the past week. So Sid, let's talk about uh, the Vikings because they're a very interesting team. Like Even over my greater consciousness life, which I would call later 90s to now, they've had a pretty interesting storyboard and, and I've been doing, you know, on UTH, we've been doing top three lists. And so I put out uh, some to you, which is, uh, I believe what the favorite skill, top three skill position players, you know, during your, your time uh, of following the team, right? That's the, yes, the one that we put out. Okay. So, so do your top three presentation, three to one uh, for, for the Vikings during your consciousness era here of following the team.
1: Well, I, I, I must have missed the skill position. Does do defensive count? No, like, no, do, do, whatever,
0: I, do, do it every. Do it Beautiful, it's your thing. Right, got you got John,
1: dude. I got John Randall as my number one. Oh, Love yeah. that How about guy. a face he paint?
0: Is, no, John Randall's oh face paint is number two and one on this list.
1: Oh, so when I when I was crazy, thinking, like, but dude, when I was thinking, I literally saw just a black on John
0: Randall inside of his helmet.
1: Yeah. He's just such a beast. He's, he's such got an it, he's animal. got
0: it down like a soldier. Like he's hiding could in a you, bush.
1: Could <laughs> you imagine going up against him? I no. mean, I would be just no. Yeah, I, I just Well, away. imagine
0: John be. Randall and Marion Barber meeting in the hole at the goal line. It's like that scene from the movie with Brian with the uh, with Bosworth, right? It's like it's like yes. Bosworth and Bo Jackson. Yeah. In the hole. Okay. I so, you, Randall, so you got John Randall number three.
1: John Randall. Um, okay. and then well, John Randall was my number one. Was I Oh, number
0: one. Okay, you're going to one to number three. one.
1: John Randall, number yeah. one. Yeah. Number two is Randy Moss. Got to go, Moss. That okay. dude. I mean, just Ch- fun highlight. He did, man. Like when he, he came, came in, to the instantly,
0: Vikings, instantly changed the team and changed what wide receiver, game breaker, and big play maven meant.
1: It was unbelievable. Yeah, and he, I, it was such a breath of fresh air. That's a Vikings rookie. Fans. When he fell in the draft, oh right?
0: I, I don't know. How did you guys feel about the Randy Moss pick? Was it like, oh my God. Because he, fe- quote unquote, fell in the draft because it was like off field and attitude and all this stuff. Like, But he was obviously, cons- and he was coming from a small school, and yet you guys yeah, got Marshall. him in the later first.
1: Yeah, I honestly, I, I don't remember. That would have been... Yeah, I don't remember the draft stuff been- either, but... Uh, yeah, I was I was a kid, man. I wasn't thinking, you know, what's right. the country? like? What is the con- It wasn't Minnesota until you like started
0: of- playing, you're like, who's this guy busting yeah, yards, yeah, top top. I like him.
1: <laughs> like, like, nice job, Denny Green. Good pick. Like, that, know, ba- like, is that basic? Okay,
0: who's your who's your third? Oh guy?
1: Yeah. Jared Allen.
0: Jared Allen. Yeah, that's right. Jared he was always. He, you don't remember for him the lasso guy. Like he the, dude, He did. Yes. He did the. He did calf roping. Right. That was the big. Oh four. yeah. He was a. He was a. He was a cowboy, uh, ranch guy. In his real life, yep. is he like in Wyoming or something like, or Montana? Like right now, with a big. Well,
1: well, actually, I just read an article where oh. he is trying to be an Olympic curler.
0: I read uh, that too. Yeah,
1: yeah. Which I I love that. I think it's awesome. I've never curled, but I, I would literally take off work to watch Olympic curling back <laughs> in the day.
0: Wow, like I don't know why. Yeah, I love curling, and most people don't understand.
1: It's so fun. There's a curling club about five miles from our house, and my wife and I will go have I, dinner. And, I said when I was watch. in
0: Minnesota, the thing I regretted the most is not figuring out a way to get people together and go curling. Dude, Where next they, time you're up, they in do the it. I know tunda. they do. It, they do oh. it for like an hour, you know, and you get like part instruction, and then you get to like you know play an end or two, and it'd yes. uh, yeah, be awesome. I just yes. don't know if I'm flexible enough. Like, if you're not flexible enough, how do you do the slide thing? I don't know. If I get down there, I don't know if I get back up.
1: (laughs) Let me tell you something, Chad. So the uh, the the curlers that we've seen don't need to be. You don't need to be flexible. (laughs) Okay.
0: Those are those are the pros. Those are the Olympics. Those are not the ones that we're watching. (laughs) No, no, I know. There's a whole different level from amateur to pro. All right. Yeah. Uh, So I did top three again. I did skill positions. So number three, and this is one that you didn't mention, Randall Cunningham. Um, I oh nice. I mean, I just remember so fondly that 1998 team, and I know Cunningham was not on the team for very long. In general, he had the perfect storm year, but what he added, and you know, I also have Randy Moss on my list, but like that combination of Cunningham to Moss, it truly was a game. I mean, they oh, they basically set records as an offense before it was before the greatest show on turf but yeah, with, uh, it was like with the Rams a few years later. First time. Yeah, that I mean, was it was just if they were un, people don't, like if you don't remember they were unstoppable. Absolutely unstoppable. So Randall Cunningham has number three. Number two already for me is Justin Jefferson. Like, I mean, nice. hopefully he's a lifelong one-team guy. And back up, whatever the market is going to be at wide receiver, Justin Jefferson will be that market. <laughs> whatever the top of the market is, he will get it. And who knows, someone may not surpass him until wait, maybe Jamar Chase would be, I guess, one year later. But so maybe short-lived for Jefferson. But whatever he gets, he will deserve every penny. And then number one, oh, yeah. you already you already mentioned him, Randy Moss. I, I just think he came in as a rookie and just was unstoppable. And you saw him also go over to the Patriots and be an unstoppable force at an older age. Raiders, that that didn't quite work out. But I, was I just remember, say, don't forget about the pit yeah, stop
1: at the Raiders.
0: I, I just I just remember Randy Moss on the Vikings. You had Chris Carter on that team too. We could have, we could list five players and yeah. Chris Chris Carter would be on both of our lists. And yes. and Randy Moss though was just Two guys was not he could run by anybody, anybody, and when you had strong on quarterbacks that he was paired with that could actually get him the ball deep, it was just an unstoppable combination of just no lead is safe and no third and long is ungettable for, for the Vikings offense.
1: Oh my gosh, yeah, we had Randall Cunningham and then after him Dante Culpepper that could just yes. chuck it. I mean, it was yep. it was just playground balls, like just throw it up.
0: Let Dante Boston Culpepper it. was short lived too. I mean, he, oh, was, he a, was a a pain. shooting rocket. Of like he, oh, he honestly he reminds me of what maybe Anthony Richardson could be of just a he's how big he moves how well he's got how strong of an arm that was Dante Culpepper back in the day,
1: I thought Culpepper is bigger than that I mean he
0: oh I know I no he was bigger he was two forties two fifties maybe
1: oh he was he's yeah. he a monster
0: right man amongst boys Cam Newton he had tiny hands he t- though yeah baby hands yeah um baby I actually hands. came up with a funzy one which was here's my top three more obscure Vikings skill position guys you know, okay, over the last guys. years so i wanted to get your feedback on these three guys so and this is you know it could be a little bit of fancy it could just be a little storyline ish number 3 vasante schenko you remember this guy he was I set remember the he tight set, end he, yeah he was the tight end that had like 15 touchdowns in one year he was the total vulture he was a one hit wonder and he only caught like 45 50 balls that year his touchdown rate was out of control. And then he went to a pile of nothing within like 24 months.
1: <laughs> like like most part. Like it was most a, Yeah, like but that. it
0: was a pretty wild story. Like his high was very high. Number two, Case Keenum. He was the quarterback. Yes. He was the quarterback for that team that got the, the, Minnesota the,
1: Miracle. Yeah. Dang.
0: Minnesota Miracle. But that was basically like a miracle. Let's look back at Case Keenum. That was a miracle year he had. Because now he's just gonna be a perennial backup. Never going to be a team starting option. He was the Vikings starting option that year and put it together for an entire season. A magical run cool. there for Case Keenum.
1: Well, he was just a gunslinger. I remember him coming right. out of Texas Tech, maybe. Right. I mean, I Yo- think he was, he was Yolo. Or right? Houston. 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 He right. led, I think, college football in passing yards, yeah. like a record.
0: Right. But he was the classic, like one of the physical traits. He plummeted. I don't even know if he got drafted. And. It was the total college producer versus what is he going to do in the NFL? Yeah, yeah. and the number one for me, and it provided so many UTH quotes and storylines uh, over a centric. Was it one year? Maybe two years? not Asiata, the the, full, the fullback <laughs> that Jarek McKinnon could not beat out, and who was it? It was that when Adrian? I'm trying to think of who the starter was. Was it Adrian Peterson still? when no.
1: Well, asiata? Well,
0: no 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 but hold on what starter missed time and then it was like everyone on dynasty was like Jerk mckinnon right Jerk mckinnon and it was kept being matt asiata who was the starter that was getting hurt and missing time oh, then?
1: I, anyway. I don't know i mean if it wasn't if it wasn't peterson i mean i think we had toby no we didn't have gearhart i want to say it was a big white boy though
0: that was the, that was the actual one A. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, but Matt yeah, Asiata yeah. was this big guy that was he probably ran what four six five or four seven. He didn't have great hands. He was a fullback kind of hybrid guy, but they kept kept giving him carries. He would be the the vulture at the goal line, but then he also had some of these games where McKinnon would have like nine touches, Matt Asiata would have like fifteen. I mean, we, and we'd just be <laughs> pulling our hair out of what's going on. Matt Asiata, Jared McKinnon,
1: the spark freak. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right. And just never got home. He was like the we oh. all wanted him to be David Wilson, and he was just not David Wilson. <laughs>
1: was the, Man, he was got a, home this year. Holy cow. He
0: did, yeah. For, he'll always have that seven weeks in the sun of light and light and fantasy on fire. <laughs> with like, what did he have? Like seven receiving touchdowns? All it took was was what, uh half a decade later and going to the best offense in the NFL.
1: Is that all it takes? That's I mean, all with, it takes. With, uh, Pat
0: That's all it takes. Maybe Clyde er- er- Denver? Maybe in five years, Clyde Edwards hilaire could go to a situation Never mind. Oh uh, yeah.
1: no, just settle down. Do you think? Do you think Denver's going to be the new PPR spot with Sean Payton there? That was one thing that crossed my mind. Like
0: for a like, pass catcher, Kimara,
1: yeah. Like look what he did with Kamara. I mean,
0: it, but who's it going to be didn't... though? Like they're going to bring back Latavius Murray probably, which is going to be fun. Know. But who's going to be the pass catcher? Like, is it going to be Mike know. Boone? Is it going to be a a new guy? Right? I don't know. Or Does see, Russell Wilson like, strike Hunt you as check down guy? See, he, he, he just, doesn't. Yeah. So that's the thing. Like. It's nice to say, but if you don't have Drew Brees, who's just gonna, you know, or Philip Rivers and just gonna pepper guys, be fun if they got Deuce Vaughn. Maybe they pepper Deuce Vaughn. That'd be fun.
1: You'd love that. You get love him you the fo- Deuce get him Vaughn. in the fourth round. Oh
0: god, I, I so want oh. him to be good. <laughs> oh, it's gonna frustrate. I'm gonna watch him so you, closely. Jay. Yeah, I know. I know. talking about that. And Katie We're has that. And Katie has that one quote that I ripped, which is like Deuce effing Vaughn. I can't even Deuces remember what the conversation loose. was. <laughs> Yeah. Um, oh, and I made one more list here, for just to tickle your your Vikings fancy, which is the top three opposing players or teams that you hate as a Vikings fan. Did I give you this one or no?
1: Oh, you gave it to me. I gave I to it to you. All right, yeah. You go
0: first. All right. Top three opposing players or teams that you hate as a Vikings fan. All right.
1: So I did players, and I'll and I'll start at three this time. Three. Excellent. And it's going to be close to home for you. Yeah. Jamal Anderson. Okay. okay. Here's why. very vividly so you talk about that 98 season right our perfect kicker 15 and and one perfect kicker dude still hurts still hurts and i remember jamal anderson running in and doing the dirty bird dance oh yeah and it just it 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 spoiled it like it ended my youth like that was it like that was the turning point we're like all right the world is a cold place um and I just I, the Falcons so Jamal, had Jamal no Williams business
0: wins. having that season, and they came Zero. in and ruined what would have been a magical Super Bowl Vikings against I think it was the repeat at that point in time, John Elway Broncos. They ended up winning, repeating, and then John Elway retires. I wanted to see them against that big Vikings offense.
1: Yeah, not only ruin the Vikings, but like I said, my yeah. youth. So Jamal <laughs> Williams, Dirty Bird dance yeah. in the end zone. All right, next one Herschel Walker. All right. Okay. So here's a little little fun fact. Oh, yeah. So Herschel, yeah. Remember the Herschel Walker trade? Remember that? Oh, one?
0: yeah. Oh, the Vikings were the ones that got Herschel Walker.
1: We do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Gave up he the You turned out to be a Hall of tra- Famer,
0: right? Yeah, you gave up everything.
1: Yeah, it turned into, uh, so so we traded the Cowboys for, oh, really? I mean, just gave them the farm. And, I, I, and that turned into Troy Aikman, Emmitt Smith, someone else. Um, dy- it
0: turned into their dynasty. It turned into their Russell dynasty, Russell yeah, Mary, uh yeah, Maryland and everybody.
1: Oh, it was just a couple was, offensive linemen awesome. for him. You know. Yep. Yep. So you, you know they, it would have been
0: cheaper league. to trade for one oh one in the rookie draft in the NFL draft. Yeah. They could have just drafted any other running back.
1: Would have been great, but you know, couldn't happen to a new better franchise. And really, didn't they really get Herschel
0: Walker in like his later twenties? He was like on the older side, right?
1: Dude, it was yeah, it was <laughs> yes. It was it, it was, felt like he was twenty four. No. No, he wasn't coming off. uh, You know, uh,
0: to be fair, he was a very good running back. But you were buying him at the wrong time for the wrong price.
1: We bought high and we sold the farm to get him.
0: Yeah. Did he finish his career on the Vikings or no?
1: I don't care. No, I'm kidding. I I don't (laughs) don't
0: care. I don't know the answer to that either. You didn't even keep him for (laughs) the whole time. Okay. Okay. And number one, so I not even even number one. That's number two.
1: So number one, and this is this is a love hate relationship that I have as a Vikings fan. There's a lot that you could go with here. You're not wrong, Barry Sanders. Oh, wow. Okay, we had to watch Barry Sanders every single Thanksgiving oh. do the most amazing things on our TV to our Vikings. That oh. I love Barry Sanders easily, my top five favorite running backs to watch. I mean, but the easily, fact that he was not, in your
0: division and just ripping you for a decade,
1: ripping us apart, running back. Full wheel, like all the way, reversing field, running in for a twenty-yard touchdown. I mean, it was it was unbelievable. Who were who were
0: some of the Vikings running backs during the Barry Sanders <clears throat> era that you were pitting against him? Was it decent uh, Robert Smith, Robert, Smith, Robert okay. Smith?
1: Okay, Robert Smith was good. Uh, Robert Smith actually almost made my favorite Vikings list just because I respected right. him. Like he came in, he did his thing, and then got out, and he's a doctor. Like I don't, there's something about that that just like getting in, getting out, and you know having a life after that i just i respect because you hear a lot of guys that are you know suffering from the you know the head trauma and all that and i just i respected his mood to do that um but yeah robert smith at leroy horde I yes
0: was. there you go touchdown right? ultra Leroy horde he had like a 10 touchdown season once
1: dude he was a brick yeah Number and then, remember, yeah 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 so okay. there were but but were go
0: but just barry sanders and seeing that like and, and the thing about barry sanders would be you know, in the first half, he what if he had like seven carries for four yards? Like it didn't matter. It matter. You held your it breath it every matter. single carry <laughs> that he was just going to make your whole team yep. look like look like uh, Bo Jackson and unteachable Yeah, like yeah, he's man. just running around your whole team.
1: Oh, it was it was so frustrating. It's like tackle we'll him, get him. But I mean, I mean, it, again, just watching him play, it was so it was it was fun. I mean, looking back on it. But I hated it. Well, I, and you know I what, what
0: you know what was was probably a little more tolerable for you was the fact that during that era the Lions were not very good. So that's correct. It, he didn't that kill didn't help you. actually,
1: Chad. Didn't help.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Like it could have been two hand touch in some of those games, and Sanders still would have yeah. had still would have had a hundred yards. Uh, like right. football,
1: so, rip a flag off and so still running me.
0: For- so you, you, again, this is a highly competitive category. So I understand why you didn't go a certain direction. So I want your feedback on, on my three. So I actually went a different direction with my number third, with number three, which is I put Chris Chandler. You said Jamal Williams, Who's that? Jo- Jamal, what? Who's Chris Chandler?
1: Who's Chris Chandler.
0: He was the quarterback for that dirty birds, Falcons team. And I'm going to say, wow. instead of Jamal Williams, I'm going to say Chris Chandler for this reason. Chris Chandler was not a good NFL quarterback. He bounced around. He had a perfect storm in ninety-eight. They had a magical team. I think they were 13 and 3, 14 and 2 that year. But the Vikings were clearly superior and better. Chris Chandler that year went 13 and 1 for the Falcons. He had in that game, he had 340 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. So if that doesn't happen, Jamal Williams could do whatever he wanted, but Chris Chandler, if he just has a, a middling game, the Vikings win easily. And don't even go to overtime. It's not even a thing. So Chris Chandler, I would be blaming him more than Jamal Williams. Jamal, sorry, Jamal
1: Anderson. Love it. Same right. destination, different right. paths yeah. to get there. Number Brilliant.
0: two, number two, I would say Brett Favre. And here's the, here's the thing. So he played against you with the Packers, making them a highly relevant, good team. I was actually surprised. Brett Favre was only 17 and 14 against the Vikings. So he didn't kill you on a head to head basis. But how about go though, Brett Favre going over to your team and, and then cutting your heart out with that overtime interception in the playoffs—just
1: oh. the inexplicable
0: across his body one. So he I also mean, hurt you being on the Vikings, and then he hurt you being on the Packers for years and years as an opponent.
1: I think so, we gave Favre a pass. I think okay. we gave him a pass for all the years that he tormented us. He came and he gave us a he gave us a good run.
0: We but we he, for, he we cost you the run the with an inexplicable Favre-like moment. Yeah, but that's far. I mean, oh, the right. I okay. Going, okay. all right, okay, okay, all right. This I I needed your I needed your feedback on this. I and mean, the yeah. number no, we're number cool. one, cool okay, number one, I put Aaron Rodgers because not hey, only because not only is he in your division, but the Packers. What do they get to do? Oh, you 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 know, you guys have passed bounced around at quarterback like a lot of the NFL. They go far, they go Rodgers. They didn't have to draft Rodgers. They're like, oh, no one wants to trade for the pick. We'll draft Aaron Rodgers. He ends up giving them, them like a 30-year run. Uh, Rodgers was 17-11 against, uh, against the Vikings. So again, didn't yeah. own you, but still he was a major hindrance to possible divisional championships, possible playoffs, facing them twice a year. What do you think about Aaron Rodgers on the list?
1: Oh yeah, no, we hate Rodgers. Rogers okay. gets see pass a
0: little bit because he helped your team, but Aaron Rogers. Yeah. And so you can't wait for Aaron Rodgers to get out of the division fast enough.
1: Rogers is a, I mean, he's a dink too. The guy's just a doofus. Like he's <laughs> just so, I mean, so here's the thing about farb. Like farb was like a man's man. Like farb was like, he was down to earth. He was doing Wrangler commercials. Like he was, he was a cool dude. Right. Aaron Rogers for all accounts is just a dingus. Like the guy is just right. so up his own. Like, He thinks so highly of himself. I just, I don't like people like that. And, and yes, the fact that he, he plays for the Packers doesn't help.
0: Okay. Where's your, where's your dynasty divide between your head versus your heart? Do you make decisions? Do you break ties away from Vikings players over the years or now? It's completely objective. You have them, you don't have them. And it's, it has nothing to do with your NFL fandom or what you hope they do or do not do on your team.
1: I have zero allegiance to any Vikings. I have zero qualm drafting Aaron Rodgers if he's a value or Devontae. Like I have okay. no problem with that. No qualms.
0: Okay. If Aaron Rodgers leaves the division, who's going to be the player in that division where you're like on the other one of the other teams you're like I just don't like that guy NFL wise.
1: Oof. Ooh, no, that's a good question. Who will the be the division? new so,
0: Aaron Rodgers? Yeah.
1: So maybe Justin Fields? I mean, don't only like that if guy. he runs a run. No, but it's not like it's not that I don't like him. Frustrating, frustrating
0: to play against.
1: Exactly. Yes. Yes. Okay. You, you, you know, you can pin the, him you in know, the pocket, he
0: still picks up third and twenty because he breaks your heart on a on a run.
1: Yes. Yeah, I'll give you that. Or, or you know, recently it's been golf. Okay. Golf against the Vikings. He's yeah. good, man. Like he shows up. So probably golf. I might have to say. I might have to say okay.
0: that. Do you stick with Vikings players when they change teams? Like, if Madison goes and he's a starter somewhere else, are you going to be keeping a side eye out for him and rooting for him a little bit, or no?
1: Well, yeah, yeah, probably. Only because I have so many shares of, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> of my dynasty. I mean, okay. Well,
0: so I well, need him the way you're somewhere. the way you're trending with these questions. So it sounds like, would you? Here's the here's the question: Would you rather win all of your dynasty leagues this year, or the Vikings win the Super Bowl? Dude,
1: come on! That's Come what? on. I don't Ooh.
0: know. I've gotten both answers ah. to that question.
1: All right. Not obvious. So, all right. That, this is now, this is a good question. All right. So, because I won most of my league, I had the best year, like not to, not to humble to Sid is like, I, like I the,
0: well, I good. already do one of them. So.
1: <laughs> I did. I, I dominated last year. I did. Okay. I really, I, so I would give it up this year. I would absolutely give it up this year, lose all my leagues. You even asked what watch I would give up for the vikings to Ooh, take to, okay. to take it and i would give up my fanciest of watches for the vikings okay. to to win i would okay. give up a lot just to say that we did it
0: yeah so cuz i am
1: a pretty fair weather fan i will admit that like but but only because of self preservation like i can't go through another you know another 98 another whatever what was it 2007 like i just 2012 i just can't emotionally take it
0: see see jordan says the same thing like when when they lost in the playoffs you know or when they when you have the team that you or you think is the team like we're gonna make a run like it just at the end it guts you the actual loss it could be the first round of the playoffs or all the way in the super bowl just that is gonna suck and you know what? Like. Like, fandom is tough. It is a raw deal. One team, one fan base is like, we did it. We did it. We went through the whole season. All of the stress, all of the ups and downs, all of the worry, all of the, oh, my God, we're botching this game, but you ended up winning the whole thing. That only happens for one of 32.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Every no, single I, I other, get it.
0: And it doesn't get it easier, right? Like, if you get to the Super Bowl or, you know, you lose in a championship game, that didn't make it any better.
1: Oh, we won the division. Who cares? Oh, I won the conference. <laughs> Who, Who cares? I don't care.
0: You, you, did you have I a lot of did you have a lot of confidence this past year? Because everyone was wow. talking about how they had just this perfect storm of like they're super overrated. So did it feel like a house of cards where you're like, oh, this is not this is not it.
1: <laughs> so let me let me let me explain to you the the dichotomy of my like how I show up as a Vikings fan. So when we beat the Bills, I lost my voice. I was screaming so hard. Like I'm a little sick right now, so this is like this is not my normal voice. But I lost my voice. My wife had no clue what was going on upstairs. She's posting on Facebook like I don't know what's going on, but I'm seeing on Vikings. My husband's downstairs, and, and and I was going nuts. I it was the it was one of the most exciting games that I've ever seen. Um, I, I walked mean, out. That's the
0: right. Game. That was the one where Jefferson was unstoppable. It was, it was crazy. Was it, was it a crazy. comeback or was it just blow? You know, they were trading touchdowns and scores late. I can't remember. Yeah, it time. was
1: bull because what ha- it was both man like okay. um J- Josh Allen in the end zone ends up l- oh, like that's fumbling right. it. and we yeah. do it was wild it was it was really that's fun right. That ball.
0: was the one where he tried to sneak out right
1: Yes and almost yeah, right. it and we yeah. get it yeah it was crazy um but I was I was like oh my gosh this is great and I knew we were going to poop the bed I knew after that <laughs> like that was the highlight that was the peak That was
0: your season right there
1: Sell. So, more wait a second out.
0: wait yeah. a second i'm, I'm putting, i putting i'm just remembering now they lost to the giants didn't they
1: why are you gonna do that
0: i'm asking no i'm just clarifying for bookkeeping <laughs> purchase <laughs> purposes because i was trying to think back to the nfc playoffs and i was like who did they lose to in the yeah. first round they, they lost you know we
1: want you know what you know what it was though we lost they to, lost to daniel jones <laughs> now we lost to saquon and danny danny dimes was throwing dimes, danny no, we dimes looking
0: like a top 10 pick yeah. Oh my gosh. In that game. But running I was around, I was happy for
1: around. dude. I was happy for Saquon. You know, I mean I have a yeah. Sa- a Nittany Lions signed jersey of yeah. Saquon yep. framed in my I love that I've loved him forever. So I mean for him to get that, I was like, cool, man. Good yeah. job. Good job. Take it. Here it <laughs> Take it. But I yeah, knew it, it was gonna happen. Way. I bet against the Vikings. I did. I bet I bet like a hundred bucks on on the Giants. Okay, so I was cool. like, look, check it out. Like either either the Giants win and I make money or yeah the giants lose and i just i want 100 bucks to advance.
0: Yeah. That that's actually not a bad yeah, that's not a bad idea. You know, i i think that the betting on the opposite because you're either paying for the outcome you want or hey, you make a few bucks. Totally. So, yeah. I love that logic. Okay. Um so what's on your what's on your dynasty calendar here? Like as a you know, not an analyst, you know, not on my side of the coin, you have a bunch of teams it's now, you know, flipping the page to March. You got the combine in front of us. And then you've got, you know, I don't know if you have many drafts coming up. So for the next four, six, eight weeks, is it focused on trading? Do you have a specific agenda in some of your teams? Do you focus on certain teams only, really? Of like, here's stuff I gotta do. What what's on your Rolodex here?
1: So I've actually whittled down a lot. I dropped, I think I dropped six, six leagues this year. Um, like recently since the off season, just cause I, they're not active. And I just, I want to be in more active leagues and enjoyable ones very much so, man. And it's like, you know, I left one, I love the format. You could draft Debbie and dynasty. I'm sorry, Debbie and rookie every year. And I love the format, but I it, like trading in that league was almost non-existent. Nobody. It, and I'm like, I'm out. And so I left there. I left a couple of those leagues. Um, And so for me, I guess I'm, I, I've whittled down a lot of leagues. I've been making some big trades. So like I traded last night, for instance, for Jamar chase, um, in one league, I traded for Justin Herbert in a super flex league the other day. Um, and so that you guys helped me with at the VIP chat, shout out. Love it. Rolling. Um, yeah, man. And so, I mean, I've, I've made some pretty big trades cause people go dormant, right? I mean, after the season's done, most people kind of lock it up. They, they just, you know, shelf it, put it away for, for the year. Um, And, and I may, I may do that this year, which is weird, which is kind of weird to say, but that's fine. I mean, I got, I got two little kids on, you know, two under three, well, three and a one year old that are keeping me pretty busy and I'm in the real estate industry. So, you know, that's starting to pick up. So I don't know, man, like, I, I I don't think I'm going to be as active. I've been, I was pretty active to start. um, But now that I think people are going to just, you know, hibernate until after the combine, we'll probably get some trading after the combine, but then certainly after the draft, um, we'll see some movement, so I may just just sit tight until then. I, well, you I, about, I love my teams,
0: but you said big game hunting. You know, I mean, getting Jamar yeah. Chase, getting Justin uh, Justin Herbert. These are big moves. These are these are going after the big fish. And I, I will say, like, you have like you were working on one of those deals for days. Like, I, I remember you sending a lot of different iterations of a negotiation this off season in that that VIP chat that we just referenced and. I always say, and, and again, you're in there. So, I mean, you can speak to, there's a lot of sharp uh, dynasty owners in there and, you know, both of us are in there um, as well. But just the, the, the clarity of not everyone agrees about everything, but there's always like a lot of good background logic and talk through in these, you know, people... Doing their startup drafts and you know talking about uh, team building concepts and stuff, and then obviously trading and you know I, it always explodes around rookie draft time about like you know making moves up and down the board and how to get certain target players and and how to trade those picks as well. But um, you're always one that like I won't see in there, you know you won't you don't specifically say anything for like a day or two, and then all of a sudden you're just like you'll send out some big, massive, like, and I think it was like the Justin <laughs> Herbert thing. You'd be like, all right, these three things, or, you know, or this, this, uh, five for two, like, you know, just throw out this monster, this monster deal. And, and like, you know, we weigh in on it and all that kind of stuff.
1: <laughs> well, and that's, and big shout out to you, man. I appreciate that you've done that. That has definitely been one of the most instrumental things for me, as far as trading goes, because I mean, like I said before, I don't, I don't, listen to a lot of other analysts. I, I mean, r- earlier when I started, I was listening to everything, everything that I could find. And it just, it became too much. And so I, I made a decision about five years ago to really just kind of narrow it down to UTH. And, you know, and and so I don't have a lot of, you know, market. Um, like, I don't know what the market's doing, but when I throw something out there on the chat, it's like, well, yeah, you could do this. It's like, oh, cool. It sounds like it's great value. Oh my gosh, on the trade calculator, it's crushing it. But then you'll come in or someone will come in like, well, yeah, but you're giving up the best piece, you right. know, You're giving up. The, it's like,
0: oh, or okay. like, and could that, you tweak it this way? Like, it, that's what I always love is talking through different scenarios because a lot of times it's not, you know, that we, the you know, the consensus we or two or three people that weigh in. It's not that they they don't like the deal, but we're we're getting so trained in the like pick it like Jordan and I do that on a Football guy show. Like, we'll pick the deals apart where this was executed. Here's the side we prefer, but. Know here's a way to make it better. Or did you try this? And and I always love the suggestions because a lot of times if you're in the negotiation or you receive the offer, it can be difficult, you know, just in your own little bubble of being the dynasty owner, it can be difficult to see the whole picture. Whereas if you look at someone else where they go, Well, this is the trade I received, and they're like, Well, you know, your shop, you're giving up two first-round picks here. Like, have you tried just like adding to that and getting, you know, like, how do you go from a homes or like, why don't you try to do this or that when it's like, it's, it's an ancillary offshoot of, you know, you might be talking about, well, I'm going to trade one Oh seven, this and this for uh, Jamar chase. And it's like, well, yes, that's good. You know, we like this, but have you tried this? you know, yeah. like a different angle entirely. And it's always funny to see like days later that sometimes it turns into a different deal for somebody when it's like, <laughs> it started out like, well, I was trying to trade for, uh, you know, trying to trade for Kirk cousins and it turns into a deal where it's like, well, I traded my other quarterback and and these other things. And I got, you know, Herbert or I got, uh, Dak Prescott or, you know, whatever, whatever. And it's just like, I always love that, that progression of a deal turns into something else.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, that, and that's the best part. I mean, you you said it before. It's like when you're getting close, you can kind of feel it. It's like, all right, you want this. I want this. How are we going to make this work? And you kind of, you dance and you're getting closer. It's like, all right, well, add this, add that. And and I love that part of negotiation. I really, truly do. I think that's the stuff that, it drives my wife nuts. Because I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm yeah, like, right. it's,
0: We're close. We're close to, I can feel we're,
1: we're in the zone. Yeah, I'm about to get chased. Like, just chill. It's, we're fine. Yeah.
0: You know, his name's Jamar Chase. You don't understand.
1: (laughs) With an apostrophe. He's he's cool. He's great. He's awesome.
0: Jammer. Jammer
1: Chase.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Yeah. Uh, And I did want to shout out, you know, we've mentioned a few different times as a VIP chat, but over at UTH uh, Patreon, which is patreon.com slash UTH, uh, that's where, you know, I I put out, you know, I said that last week there was almost an an hour story uh, just kind of going through, um that I didn't even realize that that this is the the spring uh, time frame here in 2023. I would be retiring from the army. Uh, I certainly would not be where I am fantasy and dynasty wise as a career choice if I had stayed in all 20 years. Uh, it was really becoming taxing. You get to hear a lot of that uh, progression of where I was, you know, back earlier in the decade uh, in the 2010s versus where I am today. Um, so if you want to hear that, you get just uh, is that a good way to describe Patreon? Uh, is that you get a lot of ancillary. You get a lot of different content, or uh, I would, I'm not going to call it more transparency, but you get uh, unique content in terms of if I'm just putting together uh, studies and here's some data points. Like I, I, I rip that out in the UTH chat. First, and then you'll like you probably see it ancillary wise. Like, oh, that became a patron show, or that became, uh, you know, here's something that that ended up uh, a week later on on the UTH site. But you heard about it like while I was live fire doing it in the VIP chat.
1: Yes. Yeah. No. I've I've really come to appreciate that. I mean, I'll I'll be honest with you, man. I I like the stuff that you put out on the Patreon and the other. Yeah, um, channels. Right. Yeah. I don't know where that, yeah, but the other one, I I get more out of those quick five minute, 10 minute, 15 right. minute shows. Um. And I, and I love the, the weekly chat, uh, the weekly show. I love it. I, but for me, it's like when I, cause what that'll do, that'll give me like specific um, like targets, right. Or specific right. values, because then I take that to my league. It's like, all right, well, yeah, maybe Bateman's a sell, you know, maybe. All right. So Bateman's yeah. going for, as an example. He's going for, you know, this and that. Well, I would love to get that. Okay, maybe right. let me try that now.
0: Yeah, and you wow, seem like, like the perfect book. you seem like the perfect example of someone where you know, if you see that in the chat where it's like, hey, I you know, I I'm getting this uh Rashad Bateman article together and I'm putting out a few things on the chat and then, you know, you can put it into action where that article may not release till the next day or the day after that. And then, you know, if you wait to kind of consume that plus, uh, you know, put it into action for your league, maybe that window is gone or maybe, you know, again, you just didn't get a hot start to maybe that action planning, but you know, just the fact that, and also, I mean, man, just when you get to the uh, rookie draft time and and the NFL draft time, it's just fun to be in there reacting to everything. And the combine will be the similar thing of just, you know, putting together thoughts as a general group together and, and having a place, like I always say, like, that's the priority. Like I go there first and that's where um, I disseminate the information that, you know, it may be in a roundabout way. It ends up being on a podcast, but like you said, like having that agenda of like, like, Hey, uh, George Pickens is a cell. You know, and and you guys hear about that first, and then it turns into, you know, a five minute show, an eight minute show, or whatever, but it's very concise. And then you end with the action plan of like, hey, here's what he's actually going for. Here's some pivots yeah. that you should be having in the marketplace. Right.
1: Well, and yeah. And then the big thing with, with, you know, the, the, the chat is, I mean, I, so I'm not on Twitter. I'm not a big social media for like personal stuff. I do it for business, but like, yeah. When, when, shout out to Alan. Alan's great about this. He'll just say like, hey, that, you know, somebody's getting cut, or, you know, or like, yeah. This is going I get most of my news from the chat. You just um, see
0: if something's big, right? Yeah. So-and-so's released ask, or I mean, free agency ask. coming up, right? We're going to get that, um, in I think a couple weeks. So we'll get that hot stove of someone being traded or what, or, you know, injury updates or all that kind of stuff. So
1: oh, I can't wait
0: yeah because i still haven't figured out like i i can't find the right mix of twitter alerts like i don't know how these people like tim torch is the best at it like he apparently he there gets so many alerts that his phone like your phone battery would die if in like an hour and a half if you have the number of notifications and buzzes and ding sounds that twitter would provide you now yes you'd get all the information but you get a lot of crap that you don't want to and then but then you know, getting what you actually want or need popping up. And yeah, I, I'm the same way. Like I've had, you know, I haven't seen it on on Twitter or someone hasn't alerted me. And then, you know, it's already mentioned twice when I go in there uh, for the VIP chat. So, um, right, right. all right. Uh, so again, uh, Thanks, Sid, for for coming on and talking about your Vikings, talking about Dynasty as well. Um, Those links that, you know, mentioned uthdynasty.com, but the other one is patreon.com slash UTH. And one other shout out is, you know, even if you want to try it out for a month, you get into the VIP chat. Uh, This is a good time period with the combine coming up. You're also going to get the free agency, even if you do just one month, Um, but sometime around... This NFL draft period or your rookie draft time, those are perfect times to get in there. You get, again, priority access to great dynasty owners out there, Sid included, of of being able to answer your questions, provide feedback, new angles for trades that you might not be thinking of. Um, Some content over there at Patreon, got something on Quentin Johnson the past week. Josh Downs, uh, a lot of interesting content on him and why you might be concerned. Zay Flowers, looking at him as a round one prospect. Not great, Bob. Not great is what I'll say. Um, and then going over little shows. Actually, I wanted to your opinion, uh, Sid, because like once a week or so, I'm doing these trade shows where I'm just going over like five deals where it's a centralized topic. You know, it could be, I think one was like basically stud quarterback hunting. Another one was um, trading individual rookie picks, how to move around the board or use those as assets, but picking a little theme. So you get a few different trades as, as ideas for your own leagues.
1: Yeah, for me, I uh, so it's like let's say it's a fifteen minute show and there's five bullet points. I'll maybe take one away, right? You know what I mean? Like I don't, I'm not taking them all. Like oh my gosh, I gotta do this. I'm not as one
0: one, one, one thing is like a uh, a reminder, like oh, I got a league that yes. you know this might fit, right?
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. And so again, it's not all applicable, but the stuff that does apply to me, oh my gosh, man, I mean that's value, dude. Like that's that's a huge value for okay. me because then I will because. Because again, I'm in I'm in a few leagues, and you know I'm busy with my life and all this stuff. So so it's like if you put it on my radar, it's like oh yeah, this guy's a seller. Oh, then you could probably get something for this, or if he's a buy, then I'm like wait, I have that, or wait, I may want I can get them in this league, so then I can take that and apply it to you know one league, two league, whatever, or just take it as a, as a general knowledge. Like takes like all right, well, I'm going to file that one away, um, and you know get better down the road if I need
0: yeah and and i would just say like the feedback that you you provided and again a lot of super fans that that generally as a content producer don't get all hung up and and pretend like everyone's going to hang on every word because you have to like the takeaway factor you might say three or four things that you think are hyper important in a show but a lot of people are probably going to take away one of those things. It's going to resonate with them or their specific situation, or they were already looking to buy or sell a particular player. And they were looking for uh, some support of that, maybe some disagreement with that. Um, and so I, I think in general, and I'm trying, we didn't do that in this show. This is a meandering sit and Chad, just hanging out and, and <laughs> it, we, we need X amount of times per year to just, you know, get on the phone and, and talk. So, um, Th- that is not the case here, but I have been definitely trying to push more towards shorter shows. And that might sound nutty. I think a lot of people go into podcasts where it's like, Oh, they have to be at least 30 minutes or 20 minutes or an hour. Or I think a lot of people think that way, but in dynasty or in these little micro niches and dynasties a niche, you know, go talking about George Pickens is a niche. You're not going to talk for a half hour. Like that's a perfect five minute show, seven minute show uh, about one centralized thing. And the 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 small content, the little bite-sized stuff, because you know, Sid going to his car or driving to lunch or something, you probably have time for a seven-minute show. You probably don't have time for a 40-minute show. So that's the right. little thing. You can pop it on and it's almost like a couple songs on the radio. And and you can just, you know, get your little bite-sized, you know, bite of the apple there for for dynasty content that you know you can take away the one thing. And I think if if podcasters and content producers you know stop writing your 3000 word articles because how, can you say the same thing in 400 words someone can just sift through you got a couple different sections and they can say oh well this is about you know being down on this player or high on this player or a specific strategy point and get the heck out of there like it doesn't have to be we we you know we got an attention span of a gnat, and frankly people have less time than ever so how about you if they're going to spend 10 minutes on you today or this week how would you have it be a good 10 minutes is what I would say.
1: Couldn't agree more. Yeah. And that's, and again, that's what I really like about it. I mean, that, it, that like, let's say you throw five out there, two yeah. of them, I'm going to, you know, really going to, and there's an action plan. That's the thing for me. Like I'm an action guy. Like I want to take action. I don't want to like think like, well, all right, this is going to work for me down, you know, two years from now, or Hey, I got this. No, man, I mean, I want to like take action there are a sell. How can I capitalize? I look at my, my, uh, my teams, my dynasty players as assets. Right. You know, like are they, you know, and and, and I I think that's why I'm a little more willing to trade because I can look, all right, their stock is up. I should sell and I should get a depressed like like Evan Ingram was a depressed asset last year. I got a lot of Ingram. I got a lot of safe on Barkley last year because it was like, well, I, I think their value is, is lower than what that what they're going to be. And, you know, little things like that, little, little micro shows like that really help me do that. And it simplifies and it makes my little pea brain able to kind of decipher, all right, here's the action play, focus on that. And then we'll worry about the next one later.
0: Last question, which is you play a little Debbie, you do track college and you're familiar with, you know, plenty of these players that are part of the draft class. Is there, again, doesn't have to be someone that's going to go even in the first round of rookie drafts, but is there a player that is coming out this year, part of the draft process? that you just you got your eye on you don't know if you're going to draft them in all your leagues per se it depends on price i know all that stuff but just someone from college that you are just excited about what their journey is going to be getting into the nfl being a dynasty asset etc
1: yeah it's sean tucker and not even close Ooh. sean tucker the running running back out of syracuse yeah um i so i'm a big film guy i i liked i trust my eyes i you know played you know been like maybe level football, but like I've been around football my whole life and I love it. And I love watching like diagnosing and analyzing running backs for me is a lot easier than wide receivers, quarterbacks, tight ends. And I just love the way that Sean Tucker plays. I've always loved the way that he's played. Um, There's just something about him. He's got the wiggle. He's got, I mean, he has it. He's kind of got the Zuzu and I don't know where he's going to get drafted NFL wise, But I can almost assuredly tell you, man, I'm going to be in on him wherever he's at. If he he makes it into day two, I am all in. All in.
0: Well, here's the thing. If he goes day three though, imagine spending like 310 on Sean Tucker. That's
1: what I'm saying. Like I would jump on it at 301. nutty. No, I know. Oh my gosh.
0: But how is he not a top 100 pick? Like, for those of us that have followed him for about three I years, know. I mean, I no th- it's pretty nutty when you say running back three and beyond in this class is a big question mark. And yet I don't see anyone on these big draft shows talk about Sean Tucker. It's pretty mind blowing. Well, is it Syracuse?
1: I mean, is it the Syracuse moniker is that he played in what is that the ACC it or must be. whatever?
0: It must be because he's not 190 pounds and he's fast. That's and what he's I'm gonna, saying he's a track he, star. He's going to test pretty well, and he he's a producer over multiple years. Like he fits everything, and yeah, Syracuse. You know, not really a pipeline or anything like that. But I just I see these mocks, and it's like, oh, he's out in round five. Like what? Yeah. Round five? <laughs> like I know running backs aren't a priority position, but it's pretty pretty nutty when you're saying that there's going to be like six, seven, eight running backs ahead of him, I, I don't, I don't get that at all, but that's the one thing that holds me back. I can't in good practice. If right now he's projected as a day three guy, like you can't have him up in like the first round of, you know, your top 12 of a rookie big board. That's just malpractice. So,
1: well, yeah. and I get that. I mean, it's, yeah. it's the Kevin Harris effect for me. It's like, I yeah, love the kid exactly. and watch and, and love the game, love the player. But if they slip, I mean, you just, like you just said, you, you can't. And and that and, and honestly, Chad, that's come through doing it the wrong way many right. times.
0: Lessons learned. To do it
1: the right way. Yeah, man, a thousand percent. That's a thousand percent it. Like, I'm always trying to get better. And, you know, hey, it didn't work with Kevin Harris, but I went after him. You know, Pollard, right, going after, uh, who was Foreman's kid? Uh, no, Holyfield. Like, oh, oh yeah,
0: you know, Elijah or, Holyfield. That's a that one. Yeah, sucks.
1: right, right. Like, oh, it's gotta go after Holyfield. I mean, there are these little kind of incremental steps. It's like, all right, well, we've been here before and it yep. did not work the last time. We could do the same thing and hope for a different result, which is the definition of insanity, or we can learn from our mistakes and and pivot and, and maybe spend that draft draft pick on a you know a day two wide receiver that has really freakish traits, right? Or something like that. I don't know.
0: All right, that's going to do it. Um, thanks so much, Sid, for coming on. Uh, always fun to talk. I mean, you know, we could we could also you know co own a dynasty team and 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 all that. But having you on, you know, on this show or when you do a draft, having you on the the premium side is is awesome. Um, and again, it's it was so bittersweet to have have Katie Flower not a part of uh, the regular UTH recording schedule. But after I kind of you know got over that that acclimatization to to the reality that she wasn't going to be around we weren't going to be talking every week it really opened my eyes to having more new and, and, you know, again, quality dynasty owners like yourself, um, on for these conversations, uh, which, which has been a real, a real nice transition to life without Katie and just life in, in UTH doesn't have to be the same every single week, um, as a, as a positive, uh, to come out of that. So, uh, Sid on this week, thanks so much for sharing your time, your talents, um, you know, for, for dynasty, as well as, uh, sharing relatable heartbreak with, with the Vikings and, and some of the (laughs) unique content we put together. And hopefully, again, everybody checks out those um, other little micro shows we talked about. Watches, we talked about uh, some movie quotes for Sid. We had some some good and some bad uh, in terms of that, but but a fun time regardless. And and hope to to have uh, Sid on on a future show uh, as we talk dynasty as well. I am Chad Parsons. Until next time, never settle. Refuse to be average, and keep building those dynasties. That would frighten me to lose that control.
1: Get a kid, wait till they're five, there's your assistant.
0: Do you trust a five-year-old?
1: I don't trust myself sometimes,
0: (laughs) Shay.